Thanks for listening to the Campus Collective Podcast. As always, we pray that this resource is a helpful supplement for you as a follower of Jesus and as an active member in your local church. We love God's design for His church, and we believe that this resource could never substitute the incredible things that come from active involvement with a community of believers. Campus Collective is a ministry of Huntington Community Church. To learn more, visit our website at HuntingtonCommunityChurch.com. Hello and welcome back to the podcast series 95 Meditations Through Colossians with Campus Collective. My name is Andrew Callahan. I'm your host today. Happy Thursday. I'm here again with Dustin Epperly. Dustin, what do you have to share with us today? Man, I have another truth with names that are hard to pronounce. And so (laughs) I'm excited for this one. There's a lot here. Some backstory that once we get into it really makes these some powerful meditations for our own walks with Christ. Um, So let me just read Truth 94 first. And then we'll read the verses that go with it, and we'll have a, have a discussion on it. So the four names are Epaphras, Luke, Demas, and Nympha. Um, we learn things about them that they are, quote, one of them, which we've talked about earlier this week. Servants of Christ Jesus, one who has worked hard for his people, for whom he is burdened by struggling greatly for them in prayer towards the end of maturity and full assurance. Beloved physician, who was stuck by Paul. Learn some stuff about Demas, and as for Nympha, a woman who hosted a gathering of believers and presumably led in some capacity. Really, really cool to see kind of a wide variety of kingdom work um, going on in the church. And so verse 12 through 15 says this, Epaphras, who was one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he had worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. So we get more names with more lessons. Let's start with Epaphras. Now, this is interesting. When I was preparing for the Colossians series, a lot of scholars, I don't know if most, but maybe most scholars would agree that Epaphras actually planted this church in Colossae. Uh, chapter 1, verse 7 of Colossians, if you want to go there. But during one of Paul's missionary's journey, missionary journeys, he would have heard the good news and went back to his hometown to share the gospel and start a church, which is kind of cool. Um, a lot loaded there, once again, in that who is one of you kind of thing. Um, could it be that this letter was started because of Epaphras letting know of maybe the issues that needed address? You know, maybe Epaphras ran into Paul and was like, you know, this church that I planted... Um, obviously, we don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. found that interesting, though. There's some historical uh, discussion going on about what's really happening with Epaphras. Um, either way, I love that these stories and names add some real-life grittiness to the church's explosion of impact and growth. Also, just important, um, if Paul if Paul didn't, you know, if Epaphras planted this church, which it does seem like he did, that means it was someone that wasn't an apostle, which is beautiful that I think sometimes... In our Christian culture, it's easy for us to think that only the big names are the ones who are doing any ministry work. Mm-hmm. But here we have Epaphras who would have um, heard the gospel, taken it, um, internalized it, and then used his life to plant a church, which is pretty awesome when you think about that. It wasn't just uh, the apostles going around and establishing the kingdom of God. Um, that belongs to Jesus alone, and he uses whoever he wants um, you know, as we're faithful. And so what we learn about Epaphras, it's no surprise that he's a good church planner, because he's, he's a man who struggles in prayer, and he works hard. I just, man, I want to be like that. Um, I just think it's beautiful to think that this guy's reputation would have been, he struggles in prayer for you, and he works hard. Um, I think it's worth noting that this prayer request is a good one to add um, for ours to anybody that we know and love. 
that, that we may stand mature and fully assured in the will of God. We've gone over that a little bit um, in a previous truth, but I just think it's worth noting again, this is what Epaphras is working so hard in prayers that people would know the will of God, which is beautiful. Um, so moving on from Epaphras, we have Dr. Luke, the beloved physician. And I just I think a point here is just no matter what profession you take, you can have a role in mission work. You know, this is a doctor, um, not a preacher, not a pastor, presumably. Um, although I'm sure he preached and pastored, mm-hmm. um, maybe even an official capacity. But I love that we know that he's known as or called a beloved phys- physician. And so I think it's important for a figure most of our listeners um, are either have jobs or <laughs> studying to get a job. No matter what occupation you have, you have a place in the kingdom of God. You have a role in mission work. And so I want to pause here on Demas, though, because this is really, really beautiful when you know the context. So... If Luke, his kind of little shout-out, is an encouragement for all occupations to join the cause, then Demas is a warning shot. Because we learned this at the end of Paul's life in 2 Timothy. So he wrote Colossians before he wrote 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is the last book he writes, and he writes this in chapter 4, verse 10. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So clearly Demas started out strong. He was with Paul, with the mission, in the kingdom of God. But the love of the world got him out of the mission. And I think that's a warning for all of us that we don't let that be us. Mm. That the world is not alluring us away from a life that is completely radically devoted to glorifying God by making disciples. Um, Just kind of a sobering thought um, that Demas fell in love with the present world. And I think even like kind of looking at him and Epaphras there, you know, I was struck when I was listening to you read from Colossians here about Epaphras, it says he was one of them. And we talked in a previous episode about sort of the meaning uh, to us of uh, human-based camaraderie. So for fellow Americans, we have a, a level of camaraderie there and comfort from each other. Uh, you know, fellow Jews, Paul seemed to have some sort of comfort from that. But look what it says about Epaphras. It says uh, in verse 13 that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. And so it, there's mm. this idea in which you know, I imagine it might have been more alluring for him to stay with his people at Colossian. At Colossia, you know, there was even a lot of work to do, arguably. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a new church plant. It's early centuries following the uh, resurrection of Christ. Like, surely they weren't fully established and in no need of continuing, like, gospel work, obviously. There, there's mm-hmm. argu- Arguably, you could spend your whole life there doing gospel work and would never run out of uh, new work to do. And yet he saw fit to do his calling in the Lord, and he went to Hierapolis, he went to Laodicea, uh, and left Colossia. And so you look then at Demas, who, who it says in Timothy that he was allured by, uh, was it used to the passions of this present world? He has deserted in love with this present world. In love with this present yeah. world. And so obviously we don't have a lot of insight into what specifically that means, uh, but he, he chose sort of like a, the lesser camaraderie for example maybe not it wasn't maybe not actually camaraderie but the lesser camaraderie over uh the higher calling of Mm. gospel work absolutely yeah and i'll just just to finish up here i don't want to go too long but we could talk forever about (laughs) what the nature of the world causing us to fall in love with it Mm -hmm. but um just important here i love um you know the bible is makes is not ashamed to honor and dignify women in the ministry in the work and I love at the end here, we have Nympha who had a church in her house. And I just love the thought of these intimate house churches staying faithful, reading these letters, sharing stories, and trusting God um, to continue building the kingdom in and among them. And I just love that Paul 
um, will shout out anyone as long as they're faithful. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely, Dustin. I really appreciate what you've shared with us today. Uh, I think that there's particularly um, some meditation to be done when you consider uh, maybe contrasting Epaphras with Demas. Um, mm. And so I, I encourage you to spend some time with that and also just to consider uh, maybe, you know, one encouragement I give you that isn't explicitly tied to the text, but go go encourage someone today. You know, we see obviously here that Paul uh, saw very fit that he would encourage people at the end of his letters. He, he gave very specific shout outs uh, and admonished people to go encourage people who were working particularly hard in this context. And so I, I would encourage our listeners today to consider someone who, who has labored very hard in your life, maybe in prayer, maybe that's your mother or father or a close friend and mentor, I'd encourage you to text them and, and, or you know, call them, say hello, and tell them what, what they've meant to you. Thank you for tuning in today, and I hope you'll join us tomorrow.